Open your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. I want to continue on the same vein that I've been having for the past few weeks. And so the title of this message, again, is the same title as the past two weeks, just part three, and that is your vision. We're talking about vision. Your vision. So here today, this is your vision, part three, because I really believe that God is doing something within many of your lives, our life, my life included, when it comes to vision. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, if you have it, say amen. I'm going to read two versions. In the King James, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. In the New International Version, the NIV, it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell him, you need restraints. Then you may be seated. If you don't know where you're going, you're not going to know when you've arrived. You need to know where you're going. You need to have a purpose. You need to have a vision. Now, before I get into the content of the message of today, I just briefly want to review what we talked about the past couple of weeks. And what I love about this particular scripture is that this scripture helps us really to conceptualize what a vision is, that you need restraint. If you don't have restraint, you can go in all directions. If you don't have restraint, it's like driving on the freeway with no lines, no, no barrier, no nothing. Just get on the freeway and go wherever you want. I don't know about you, but I drive on the freeway right now, and there's a border, and there's lines, and still people don't know how to drive. There's a vision on the road, but they still get distracted by other visions. That's another message right there. Distractions. You ever been driving, seen somebody on the phone? They're like this, on the freeway. Don't you get like, oh my gosh, what are you? Get off the phone, right? Don't you get off the phone? That's how I feel spiritually with some of you. Some of you, you need to get off the distraction. Get your vision for God. It's right in front of you. Some of you are looking behind too much. You need to focus on what God has for your life. And I'm telling you, if you focus, you're going to find yourself in the greatest promised land you've ever had in your life. Get a vision. Somebody say a vision. So you need a vision. You need restraints because restraints help you keep it together. Wherever it is that you're going, restraints help you keep it together. See, a vision is the ability to think or plan for the future with imagination or wisdom. In other words, if you're going to have a vision, there's going to be some thinking, some planning, and some imagination involved. You're going to have to think about it, you're going to have to plan about it, and you're going to even have to imagine it happening. Another part about vision is that it is a mental image of what the future will or could be like. In other words, it's a mental image. It's a mental picture that you have, a spiritual picture that, you know what, one day I'm going to be preaching behind that pulpit. I may not be doing it right now, but one day I'm going to be out on that street corner and hundreds are going to be flocking and they're going to get saved under the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have to see it. Some of you right now, you may not see it, but you got to get a hold of a vision. Somebody say it one more time. Say, a vision. Now, a true godly vision involves three components. And we talked about this last week. If you, if you weren't here last week, listen to the message I'm telling you. It involves three different components within a vision. Number one is foresight. Number two is insight. Number three is hindsight. Now, when it comes to foresight, foresight is like a telescope. In other words, it helps you see things that are afar off. Right now, some of you, you're singles, but one day, I'm going to be married. That's a perfect time to say amen for all the singles right there. No, Noel, I threw it at you, bro. I gave you, I threw it at you. Okay, I'm going to try this one more time. All the singles. Okay. 
Just, I didn't say anything. Vision is like foresight. And if you're a single, you got to see yourself in the future being married. There you go. Don't be ashamed. Look at, don't ever be ashamed of your vision. Don't ever be ashamed of your vision. People may not believe in you, but so what? That's your vision. Don't ever be ashamed of that. The second part of when it comes to a vision is that there has to be insight. Insight is like looking at a microscope. It helps you to see the vision in detailed form because the telescope, it's a far off, but insight, it's right there. Okay, I see it. I see it just kind of happening and moving. And Okay, I, now I see the strategy. Now I see the plan. Now I get it. I didn't see it before, but now I see it. And the third part is hindsight. Hindsight is like a rear view mirror. It helps you look back at your past mistakes and don't make them going forward. That's where I was, but that's not where I'm going to be. That's what I used to be, but that's not what I am anymore. I understand the rearview mirror is this big. My past is this big, but my future is this big. So I can look in the past and say, past, you're in the past. You are not a part of my present, and you're definitely not a part of my future. Everybody else said I used to be like that, but that's not who I am anymore. I have a vision, and I can see it through the God's eyes within my life. God has given you a vision. Now, it's very important to understand when it comes to this vision is that you can have all the education in the world, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have a vision, it's going to perish. If you don't have a vision, it's all going to perish. Somebody once said, a man without a vision is a man without a future. And a man without a future will always return to his past. A man without a future will always return to his past. Listen, you, when you get around people, and if all they do is glorify their past, what they're basically saying is, I don't have a vision. Now, look at there's nothing wrong with the past, especially in your successes. I thank God for past things. I thank God. That's why we call it a legacy. In other words, that's something we build on, but that's not the place where we're going. God has something even greater than where we were. And if you don't see that, it's because you lost the vision. You want to keep the vision, keep the legacy, but don't live there. Are you really hearing me when it comes to that? Look, you, you have to understand that the past is great. That is good for where you were, but it's not where you're going. God has something greater for you. Some of you, you need to leave the past in the past. Matter of fact, just mail it a letter every now and then and say, Hey, past, dear past, I don't got you no more. I got a future now. I got a destiny now. I got somewhere else that God has for me. Thank you for all the hurts. Thank you for all the mistakes. Thank you for all the pains. But I don't live there anymore. I have a future. See, some of you, by the end of this message, you're going to have to catch this. Because I really believe that some of you, you're still living in the past. You need to let go of the past. Tell your neighbor, let it go. No, 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 come on, tell your neighbor, let it go. You have to let go of the past so that you can grab a hold of your future. It's very important. I really want you to catch this right now because if you don't catch this, you're always going to be thinking through the perception of your past. And you're going to be basing your future on your experiences. Your experiences are just that. They're from the past. That's what makes you who you are. But if you always think you're an expert in it, based on your experiences, you're never going to get to the next level. You're never going to get to the next level. That's actually what experts are. Experts are just experienced. That's all it is. They're just experienced. Some of you, you're experts in your past, but you're not experts in your future. You've never been there. You've never been in your future. You can see it, but you've never been there. In order for you to become an expert in your future, you must be humble in your present. If you don't catch that, you're going to think, oh, yeah, 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 I have it all together. I already know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the message on vision. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody even told me the other day uh, that they were talking with somebody. Oh, pastor preached a message on vision. And they told somebody this. They told somebody, oh, yeah, pastor preached a message on vision. And you know what the person said? They go, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that message before. I heard it years ago. Right? That's, that's what they said. They go, they heard it years ago. 
I just wrote it last week. Right? But see, that's what happens when you think through the perception of your past. Oh, I've been there. I've done that. I've heard that. I've seen that before. I've been there before. Listen, some of you, you got to let go of your past. If you want to grab a hold of your future, you have to let it go. Say it one more time. Let it go. See, the children of Israel, they couldn't let it go. They wanted to live in their past. God had given them a vision of a promised land, but they could not let it go. So when all of a sudden, here comes Moses, he brings them out of Egypt, he brings them out of slavery, and here they are, now they're sitting at the bottom of a mountain, and then Moses goes up the mountain, and then when Moses goes up, the Israelites go back to their past. And they go right back to the past. The moment they stopped is the moment they went to their past. And so when they went to their past, they said, hey, make us gods again. Well, we liked it better when we were in Egypt. We liked it a whole lot better there. Look at the moment people start glorifying and looking at their past greater than their future, they've lost the vision. They've lost the vision. The children of Israel, this exactly happened to them. Oh, we, we had it better when we were slaves. Think about that for a quick second. We had it better when we were slaves. The Bible says that the Israelites, they started looking at the food that they used to have. But this is the crazy thing. When they were receiving their food, they were told when they can eat, how they can eat, and when it's time for them to even bless anything. They were being told when to do it. But they didn't see all the slavery part. They just saw the part that, hey, look at all the food we used to have. Look at the way it used to be. And the Bible says that when Jesus took them out of that, they started reverting back to that. Because when you don't have a future, they revert or return back to their past. If you are going to have a future, a vision, you have to let go of your past. See, in life, you're either going to be pulled by your past or pulled by your future. If you want to be able to have this vision grab a hold uh, this vision grab a hold of you and you grab a hold of the vision then you have to be able to see the impossible that's what the vision is vision is the art of seeing what is impossible to others what other people say that could never happen god says no i got a plan for you god's got something for you you know when i was a young man i remember i was about 12 years old and i'd be here in the church and one of the ministers in our church, every time he saw me, without hesitation, he never called me by my name. He never called me by what other people would say. He always called me at 12 years old. He goes, hey, what's happening, reverend? And I remember the first time I asked him. I had no idea what a reverend was. I go, what's a reverend? He goes, you're a pastor. I go, no, that's my dad. He goes, no, 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 no. You're a pastor. And I was and I just remember going, okay. And then I'd walk outside and go play. Because what I saw in front of me was monkey bars. What I saw in front of me was swing sets. But what he saw was pulpits and people and shepherding and caring. Did you see the difference? He, he saw a vision. Even when I didn't see it, other people saw it. And listen to me. That's how God sees you. Some of you, you don't see it right now. You're, you're on the monkey bars right now. You're just going swinging back and forth. But God says, no, I got a plan for your life. I got a purpose for your life. When everyone else is trying to play with your life, I've got a plan for your life. I have a vision for you. Tell your neighbor, God's got a vision for you. See, if you got a vision, you're going to understand that it's more than just laying bricks, as we talked about last week. It's more than that. You're not just laying bricks. You're not just building a wall. You're building a cathedral. By coming here to church every Sunday, you're not, you're not a church attendee. You're building a disciple. You're building a man of God. You're building a woman of God. You're building. You're being built in the house of God. Can I hear an amen? See, if you're a life group leader, you're, you're not just a life group leader. You're a legacy shaper. There's a, there's a difference. 
You're, you're not just a, people that, a person that invites people into your house. What you're doing is you're getting the, the house of God ready. You're preparing the atmosphere for God to come and to dwell in. It's not just people coming over and fellowshipping, but you're discipling. There's discipleship happening. It's not just fellowship, but it's discipleship. It's movement. It's the house of God coming, uh, coming forth and manifesting in the plan of God. You're starting to see it happen little by little. It becomes a microscope, and you begin to see, wow, at one time I didn't see her making it but now look what God is doing in her life at one time she came in she was the first woman in our women's home but now look at her God has done something in her life it's vision you may just see monkey bars but somebody else sees a pastor it's little by little now what I want to do right now is I just want to give you five attributes of what a vision will do for you Five attributes of what a vision will do for you. And I hope you're ready for this. So I'm going to give you five really quickly and then we're done. Number one, what a vision will do for, for you is that a vision will contradict your present reality. A vision will contradict your present reality. When the Israelites were hungry in Egypt, God gave them a vision of a land flowing with milk and honey. It was the opposite of their present. They did not see it right there, but God gave them a vision, a land flowing with milk and honey. Not only did he show, him, show them food when they were hungry, he showed them land when they were wanderers. He gave them a place, their very own place. One day, Victory Outreach Heart will have its very own. So I, know, so, so I know you don't see it right now, but it's happening. It's there. There's giants in the land, but are you ready to face the giants? Do we have any giant killers in this place? No, no, no. Do we have any giant killers in this place? Are you ready to, look at, uh, you, you know, you want to know how, I'm, how I know that you're ready to slay some giants? I need to look and see, is there blood on your sword? If there's no blood on your sword, you're not ready. Because I, I, if I'm going to go to battle, I need to know that somebody knows how to use their sword. I need to know that somebody could take this thing and go, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hey, pastor, check this out. Watch this. Wow! Like, you got to know how to use this thing. If you don't know how to use this thing, I don't know if you're ready to go into the land flowing with milk and honey. I don't know. See, now, this is very important. This is what I've learned about the land flowing with milk and honey, is that wherever there's a land flowing in milk and honey, there's always going to be cow patties and bee stings and if you're not ready for that you're just thinking oh we're gonna walk in no get ready you're still we're gonna get into the land but you might get stung here and there honey doesn't just come from the ground no there's a lot of things that come around to make that happen there's gonna be some challenges there's gonna be some pains but when you have some people that know how to use their sword it may not look like here how it is right now but i have a vision i can see what god is going to give us because i'm looking through the foresight it doesn't look like my present i know that god has given me us a vision can i hear an amen see any vision that looks like your current situation is not a vision. It's a nightmare. Any vision that looks like your current situation is not a vision. It's a nightmare. In other words, if you can look 10 years into your life and it's still the exact same, you're not having a vision. You're just seeing a treadmill. You know what you have? You don't have a vision. You have a hamster. Movement, but not going anywhere. You have a hamster. You need to have a vision. If you still see yourself with the same problems, the same habits, the same challenges, the same old, same old, same old, same old. It's the same old, same old, same It's the same that it always was. And you can, I could come up here and say, man, God's going to give you a vision. But if there's just a hamster going on upstairs, that's all you're going to see. 
Uh, pastor believes it, but he doesn't know my situation. It's the same old thing. It's been like this for the past four years, five years. He ain't never going to change. She ain't never going to change. You keep seeing the same old problems, the same old situation. It's the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old. Listen to me. Some of you right now, you're still stuck in your past. you got to get rid of your past. Some of you have your head so far up your past, you don't know how to see your future. You need to get rid of your past. It's in there. It's stuck in there. But after today, you need to get rid of that thing and say my past will not control my future i have been given a vision get rid of your past that's not you anymore you have a vision no but you don't know stop it with the butts kick the butt out already get rid of that thing you ever notice that when you have conversations with people and you're getting them so excited, and you're like, yeah, I could do it, I could do it. Okay, are you ready? We're going to be there. Yeah, but, oh, my gosh, I hate that word. Got to kick the butts out, man. Get rid of that thing. Some of you got to get rid of that. That shouldn't be in your vocabulary anymore. You have a vision. Tell your neighbor, you have a vision. The second thing that a vision will do for you is that a vision will confront your sense of comfort. It will confront your sense of comfort. It will confront the butt in your life. It will confront that. A vision will shake you from your laziness. A vision will make a timid person bold. A vision will make an irresponsible person tactical. It will turn a spender into an investor. It'll make a happy-go-lucky person type of person into a focused, goal-oriented conqueror. See, a person with vision will spend their life, or excuse me, a person without vision will spend their life taking the path of least resistance, trying to avoid discomfort. Listen, my friend, a vision will uncomfort your comforts. And some of you right now, you have been living in the comfort zone. You're in the comfort zone. You need to get out of the comfort zone. That's what a vision will do. It will push you. It will press you out of the comfort zone to make sure that there's growth that is happening. Right now, when you're in the comfort zone, there's no growth that's happening. There's movement. There's activity. There's laying bricks. But there's no growth happening. There's no growth happening. A vision will uncomfort your comfort. Now, I just want to be very clear with this because a lot of times, whenever we use this term comfort, we kind of say, well, pastor, don't we want to be at peace? Yes, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that there's a certain level of comfort that is too comfortable. I want you to be at peace. I want to be at peace. I want to live. I want to be comfortable, but I don't want to live in the comfort zone. I want you to be comfortable. Believe me, I want everybody here that everybody would live. I don't want you to always be breaking down, having your cars broken down in front of the church, men's home, picking it up. Okay, men's home, go out there. Push, push. You know, every time they see you, oh, that's sister push, because every time we got to push her car. No. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the comfort zone that you're too comfortable. Oh, I'm praying about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know the, the, the Lord, the Lord knows. We're just, you know, God knows. God's going to do it. God's the one that's going to do it. Listen to me. There are things that God does and things that you must do. It's very, I, I need you to catch this. There are things that God does, and believe me, you need to be patient. But then there are things that you need to do, that you have to be a part and make sure that it happens. In other words, you can't just say, God has given me a vision, so I'm just going to stand here and do nothing. You can't do it. Can you imagine if a farmer went out in the middle of a field, stood right in the middle and said, okay, God, I want you to go ahead and grow some tomatoes because I believe it. I believe it will grow. I believe if I sing real low, I believe it will grow. Grow. 
No. You actually have to go get some seed. You have to till the ground. You have to plant the seed. You got to nurture the seed. You got to come back the next day, water it again, make sure that you have to see the vision come to pass. Just don't sit there. You have to do something. A vision will uncomfort your comforts. I know it's not easy. I know it's not uh, just real simple. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. But that's the great thing about a vision is that at the end of the day, at the end of the vision, it was all worth it. I know you may not see it right now, but one day the vision will come to pass. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise. Some of you got to stop waiting for God to give you an answer. He's already given you a vision. Now you got to move on it. Now you got to do it. See, that's the thing about a vision. You have to use some imagination. You, how, how's it going to happen? I don't know. I'm just going to stand here and it's going to, a hand's going to appear out of the clouds and it's going to mold it and shape it and move it and poof, there's a new car in my driveway. Uh, no, that's not how it works. You have to do something. Some of you, man, God, my wife, what is wrong with her? Uh, well, the first thing that's wrong with her is uh, God gave her you. That's the first thing that's wrong. But the second thing is, is that you're always seeing what's wrong with her, not looking at what's right with her. And so what did God do? God said, okay, she is wrong. She is messed up. So what am I, what am I going to do? I'm going to give her a husband who's going to help mold and shape her. That's what you're there for. You are supposed to help mold and shape. I can't tell you how many times, even me and my wife, we had this conversation the other day. That's my job. I know that. As a husband, it's my job to mold and shape her. It's not her job to mold and shape me, even though she does shape me. <laughs> Stop it, sister. It's not your job. But this is the thing. As the husband, that's my job. I cannot look to her and say, what's wrong with you? I have to go, man, how can I change this? What's the adjustment? I saw the vision when I said I do, but all of a sudden, somewhere in the middle, the spirit says, I don't. It says, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. You got to be committed to the vision that God gave you when you said I do. It may be hard. It may be difficult. But that's the great thing about a vision. You don't see it at first, but little by little by little by little, little by little, every challenge, every plain, every mountain, every valley, everything that goes up, every down, everything that goes left, that goes right, it's all a part of the vision. See, some of you right now, I know your children, they're not listening to you right now. They're actually doing the exact opposite of what you're te they're telling you. But little by little, I know you don't see it right now. You may be in the valley. You're not in the mountain. But little by little by little by little by little by little, you're going to see the vision come to pass with your son, with your daughter. Those are your children they're not the world's children they're your children and you got to shape them you got to mold them you got to pray for them late in the midnight hour when nobody else cares for them God gave them to you that's your vision even when they stop praying for me mom we say okay go over there father in the name of Jesus right now I pray just who cares that's that's your vision that's your, they're not, they, they don't have the responsibility that they have to take care of you. No, you have to take care of them. That's yours. I'm going to pray for you. Even if, I don't want you to pray. Just keep praying. Matter of fact, if I were you, pray louder. Pray louder. Trust me, it, it helps. I'm a product of that. The third thing that a vision will do for you is that a vision conceives new opportunities a vision conceives new opportunities in other words a vision a vision is like an incubate an incubator of new ideas it helps breed new concepts when you're faced with a wall of opposition your vision will conceive a new way around it when a new challenge, a new opposition comes your way, a vision helps you get around it. When I was younger, I used to love waking up and watching practically every morning. The time schedule would change, but every morning when I was young, I used to watch and love watching Bugs Bunny. Loved, but I don't even know how. I just loved watching Bugs Bunny. 
Man, what's up, doc? I just loved it. And I'd be glued to the TV when it came to Bugs Bunny. And what I loved the best, I loved when Bugs Bunny was being chased by Yosemite Sam. I mean, Yosemite Sam was the villain, right? And I used to love it because at the beginning of the episode, Yosemite Sam and Bugs Bunny would have a confrontation. And then all of a sudden, Bugs Bunny would go, you can't catch me. And then, and for the next 25, 30 minutes, it was Bugs Bunny going all over the place. Wow, 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 wow. But towards the end of the episode, this happened many a times, there'd be Bugs Bunny, and he'd be running, and then, there'd come a wall. And there'd be a wall right there. And then here would come Yosemite Sam. I gotcha. Oh, yeah, varmint. Now I got, and here he come. And this is what I would love about Bugs Bunny. All of a sudden, Bugs Bunny, he would turn around, and he would pull out a large pencil. And he would get in the wall, and he would draw a door. And he would open the door and go, and then walk out. A vision draws a door when there is no door. When no one else sees it, I got a vision. Everyone else sees a wall, but I see a door. That's what I see. Everybody else sees a no good for nothing ex-drug addict, but I see a future pastor in the making. I, I see something else. When everybody else sees no education, no money, no resources. I see the hand of God upon this plan. I can see it. I have imagination. I'm ready to plan for it. There is a door when no one else sees a door. God has given me a vision. It's a vision. That's what a vision will do. Vision will give you Bugs Bunny imagination. Some of you right now, you need to tap into your imagination. Ah, pastor, you just don't know my situation. Well, the reason why is because you don't have imagination. You're looking at your situation. Stop doing that and imagine the situation gone. Imagine the hepatitis gone. Imagine the cancer gone. Imagine the lupus gone. Imagine the arthritis gone. You have to imagine it gone. I know your knees don't work like they used to, but you got to imagine yourself standing straight up and moving in the hand of God with the power of God. I know it may not look like it, but you got to imagine it. Some of you got to pull out your pencil and draw a door. When the doctor said, nope, it's not going to to happen I got a vision I got a pencil I'm ready to see what nobody else sees I have a vision a vision will breed new ideas see what I love about a man or a woman with vision is that a man or a woman with vision cannot be stopped you can't stop them you can challenge them but you can't stop them you can throw obstacles but they turn obstacles into opportunities you can't stop them they have a vision the fourth thing that a vision will do is that a vision will connect you to resources. A vision will connect you to resources. In other words, you need to know that there are supplies all around you. There are supplies all around you. The other day, somebody came uh, up to me. And if you're new to this church, when I say the other day, I'm actually making reference to last year. Last year, Last year, somebody came up to me and said, hey, pastor, hey, I want to make some T-shirts. Um, can you make them for me? And you know what I did? I just looked at them. I go, just like this, just like this. I go, say that again. So I want to make T-shirts. I said, okay. What else did you say? I said, um, can you make them for me? I said, say that again, real slowly. I want to make t-shirts. Can you make... Oh. Okay, never mind. And then he walked away. Your God will supply all your needs. But you have to go out there and get connected to the resources that are there. Far too often... A lot of people are trying to connect into your resource. But God says, no, I'm giving you resources. 
I'm putting inside of you. I'm going to do something inside of you. There's a resource inside of you that is going to, going to connect to you. There's something powerful that's going to happen with you. Right now, Pastor Darrell, I was just talking with him right now. He is looking for a new men's home. I'm not talking new men in the home. He's looking for a new place. He says, I got to get connected over here. We need a bigger spot. There are too many men in our home right now. There is a vision that is happening inside of him. He says, I don't even want a home. I want a ranch. Give me acres. I want the whole thing. I'll build my own house. Give me something because God has given me a vision for men that are coming off the streets of the Bay Area and they're going to get delivered right here on this property. Don't give me a little thing. Give me the whole thing. A vision will connect you to resources. I know a lot of times people ask, how's it going to happen? And you know what the majority of the answers I say? I don't know. I have no idea. But when it happens, that's exactly how it's supposed to happen. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I know a lot of times a lot of people, is pa- uh, they look at me as a pastor. They go, pastor, he has all the answers. I really don't have all the answers. I really don't. Sometimes I'm even answerless. I don't even have an answer. And if you know anything about me, I usually like to give an answer. But many times, I don't have an answer. But I do have a God. That's to supply all your needs. That's how you get, just get connected. Get connected. Get connected. Get connected. The fifth thing and the last thing that a vision will do is a vision will concentrate your energy. A vision will concentrate your energy. Listen, my friend, you have to understand this. You do not have unlimited time. You do not have unlimited energy. You do not have unlimited supplies. You're limited. So use what you've got wisely. You use what you got wisely. See, a vision will help you stay on course so that your energy is not useless. You must be able to concentrate your time, concentrate your efforts, concentrate your attention. Listen to me. I said this last week and I'll say it again. Some people don't deserve your anger. Chew on that for a quick second. Like a cow with some cut. Mm. Mm. chew on it bite on that look at tell your neighbor some people don't deserve your anger some of you you're spending too much time on useless information you're getting angry over useless stupid foolish stuff like, like if anything use your anger in the right way Like, be angry that we have a homeless and hunger problem. Be angry at that. Be angry that there's teens committing suicide. Uh, Get mad at that stuff. That's where your anger needs to go. There's there's things that when you walk around the streets, you go, man, somebody's got to do something. That's where your anger needs to go. But it doesn't need to go to, who does she think she is? Hmm? Ha, hmm, ha. She don't even, hmm, ha, hmm, ha. Well, if she only, hmm, ha, hmm, ha. Well, if she only, hmm, ha, hmm, ha. What in the world are you doing? You just had a whole five minutes of Planet Fitness right there. Yeah. Hmm. Ha. Hmm. Ha. You want to know the funniest part is that's exactly what somebody you do when you're angry. You expend energy where you don't need to. You're wasting energy on people that don't need waste. Stop wasting your energy. If it's not a part of the vision, why are you wasting energy on it? It doesn't make any sense. If you have a vision, concentrate it. There's a good way to look at things, and there's a bad way to look at things. If I were you, I would look at it through the good eyes, the good perception, the good vision. Because when you do that, yes, you're going to get angry, but get angry at the right things. Some people, listen to me, some people just naturally love to talk about you. So what? Let them say whatever they want. Who cares? It's natural. People are going to hurt you naturally. As the old saying goes, hurt people, hurt people. That's what they do. 
But you and I are supposed to live above the hurts. That's what the Bible says. Live above reproach. Live above the disgrace. Live above the hurt. Get above. Rise above that. Listen to me. Women, United Women in Ministry, the, the, the theme of your uh, discipleship is called level up. Some of you women need to level up. But the only way to level up is you need to grow up. This isn't high school anymore. Grow up. Level up. Get above it all. Get above the bitterness. Get above the anger. But you don't know what she said about me. I don't care what she says about you. Level up. Grow up. Mature up. Go to the next level. Don't let it hinder your walk with God. You have a vision. God has given you a vision. Can I hear an amen? Look at There are some people that belong in your rearview mirror some people that's where they belong you may see them every now and then but it's good to look in the rear view every now and then not all the time if you are constantly driving by looking in the rearview mirror eventually you're going to crash Stop looking in the rearview mirror there's a reason why they still keep doing the way they keep doing things look at you're still going to face trials. I hope I catch somebody with this one. You're still going to face trials the same way that you did before Christ. But the way you react to trials is differently now. See, before Christ, trials would come my way, and I would want to go, Whoop, that's it. I'm drowning out my trials. I'm getting rid of these trials. Ain't no, I'm just trying to numb out every trial. That's all I'm trying to do. But look at now you face trials. You don't have to go out there. You don't have to get drunk because guess what? Even after you got sober, the trial was still there, and you'd want, oh, man, I guess I'm going to keep doing this all my life. Look at You don't have to keep doing this all your life. God has given you a power that no one else can have God has given you authority over the spirit of alcohol over the spirit of addiction you don't have to run to that anymore God has given you power now you're a man of God now you're a woman of God now I got a vision I got a vision I got a vision tell your neighbor I got a vision now, somebody did ask me, they said, hey, pastor, well, I hear you talking about vision. How do you get a vision? How do you know it's a vision? I'm going to close with this one, and we're done right here. There's three ways to receive a vision, and I'm going to give you just three examples real quick, and you can read it on your own. Study it on your own. There's three ways to do it. Number one is just like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul received a vision through a spiritual revelation. Through a spiritual revelation. You'll read it there in the book of Acts chapter 26. On your own, you could read it there. In Acts chapter 26, he talks about how he was on the road, and all of a sudden, a spiritual revelation came to him. He was knocked off, and all of a sudden, the vision told him, I want you to go to the Gentiles. Now go preach to the Gentiles. That's what you were supposed to do. And then the Bible says that Paul went to King Agrippa and said, hey, I've been given a vision, and I can't be disobedient to it. God gave me, the Lord gave me a vision. And I cannot be disobedient to it. So one way is through spiritual revelation. The second way is the way that Nehemiah received it. Nehemiah received this vision through deep concern for something. Deep concern for something. This wasn't a deep revelation. It was actually a passionate agitation for his very own people. But this agitation turned into activism. You'll read about it in Nehemiah chapter 1. Now, this is what's very important. Most of you, most people will receive a vision this way. In other words, they receive information and then it becomes transformation. From transformation, you'll see activation. See, that's why I know many people, you, you see a lot of the protesters and they're protesting. And I've said this before. I like the fact that these people are protesting. I like, yeah, protest, good. I don't like the way they're doing it. It's not a good way to do it. But, hey, you want to protest? You want to block a freeway? But put it this way. Those people that block a freeway, those are nuts. They're crazy. But you know what I see? I see a door. I said, man, if I could just get one of those guys saved. Anybody who's willing to stand on the freeway in the middle of the day for a purpose that has no purpose, 
Can I just get one of those? Those people are crazy. Those people in Berkeley that live in the trees for months, who in their right mind would do that? If I can get one of those saved, oh, I could send them to Tibet to be a missionary. They have no problem. They wouldn't, I wouldn't hear one complaint for months. They wouldn't ask about finances or nothing. Just say, Pastor, send me. I'll go. I mean, think about that. They, I mean, these, these people are crazy, and I love it. I love their passion. If I could just get their passion and put it in the right direction. Oh, oh my gosh. They're crazy. But see, the thing about it is that Nehemiah received his vision through the information that was given his way, and he had a deep concern for his people. Most of us will do exactly that. We didn't have a women's home last year, but many of you would come to me, say, Pastor, we need a women's home. And the majority of my answer was always, are you ready to do it? So you can see it, but to actually do it, oh, it's another story. So I remember even Rachel's like, Pastor, we need to open a women's home. And I did the same thing I did to everybody else. Okay, Rachel, you ready to do it? She went, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do, no, I'll do it, I'll do it. If you know anything about Rachel, I'll do it, I'll do it. If you want me to, I'll do it. And the next day, she came to me. You could tell she was in prayer, just like Nehemiah. Bible says that he got information, went into prayer, came back and says, I got to build some walls. My people are hurting and I got to do something about it. That's the same thing that I saw with Rachel. She goes, you know what, Pastor, I know yesterday I wasn't really sure, but I'm sure right now if you open up a women's home, I'll run it. I'll do it. And now she's running the women's home. Just like that. And I love it because she started running the women's home when we had no women. We didn't even have any women. I'll do it. Yay. Moved in all my stuff. Okay. Well, everybody and me, lift your hands. Amen. Huh? And the third way to receive a vision is the way of Joshua. First, you have the Apostle Paul. Second, you have Nehemiah. Third is Joshua. He received his vision through association and impartation. Association and impartation. In Deuteronomy chapter 34, you'll find it there. Joshua's vision is the same vision as Moses. It's the same vision. Moses laid hands on him, and the people followed Joshua just as they did Moses, the Bible says. When the Lord took Moses from the people, Joshua kept on going with the people because he had the same vision. He was always hanging around Moses. When Moses was on the mountain, he was there. When Moses was in the desert, he was there. When Moses was feeding the animals, he was there. When Moses was counseling, he was there. Wherever Moses was at, there was Joshua. He was not guilty by association. He was envisioned by association. He got envisioned by always being around, always coming around. See, that's, that's what I love. For those of you that are here and saying, Pastor, I really don't have a vision. You know, I really can't see it. If you stick around this house long enough, you're going to catch the vision of Victory Outreach. It's just, it's just going to happen. You're, you're going to want to reach treasures out of darkness. It's just going to be a natural thing. You're going to want to go treasure hunting. What's treasure hunting? Well, that's the thing. Stick around. You're going to find out what a treasure hunting is. We love to hunt for treasures. I-O, I-O. It's off to hunting treasures we go. That's just what we do. It's a part of who we are. You get around the vision long enough. And it doesn't have to be, well, I have to be an ex-addict. I have to do that. No, you don't have to be anything. All you have to do is have a vision. That's it. Just have a vision. Because you, it concentrates you. It focuses you. It gets rid of your past. Because I'm ready to go forward. That's what happened here with Joshua. He was around Moses. And wherever Moses went, that's where I want to be. He wasn't in charge yet. He wasn't doing anything. But when God took Moses, he never took the vision. The vision kept going. 
it kept going. It never stopped. It was the same. Listen to me. One day, Pastor Sonny, he's not going to be here anymore. Pastor Sonny is going to go on to be with the Lord, but the vision is still going to be here. The vision is going to keep going. And the thing that I love about it, and I want to let you know, Pastor Sonny, the vision will continue on right here in the city of Hayward. That no matter what happens, come what may, we're going to run with the vision that God has given. Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay. Victory Outreach International. We have been given a vision. A vision. A vision to reach the treasures out of darkness. God has given us, you, a vision. Stand with me here today. Give the Lord a hand of praise one more time. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. 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 The vision. I know some of you may not see it, but there's a vision happening. There's a vision happening. What I really love about this as a whole is that even yesterday, we were at Run for Hope. We were just at Run for Hope, just talking, no big deal. But I started walking with a pastor, and we started talking. As we started talking, I said, hey, pastor, where are you meeting at? He goes, I meet over here. He goes, but I also started on Friday nights meeting at this place in South Garden. I said, oh, Shiloh. He goes, yeah, I meet at Shiloh. I said, Oh, that's awesome. Pastor Richard Prieto with the Spanish. I said, man, I said, I'm going to pray that one day you get that building. That's your building. Now, I don't know if it's going to happen. I have no idea, but I'm going to pray. Because right now, South Garden is being overtaken. Man, Mexicans are everywhere. It's Mexicans. El Salvadorians. Puerto Ricans, just Latins in general. I go, man, you'd be perfect right there. I said, you know what, too? I go, I have no idea what Brother Bernard's doing with that property, but who knows? Maybe get that property, too. I'll have something happen. Maybe you'll get the apartment complexes across the street that are right over there. Even behind on the other side, there's some houses along the fence that people are right there, but I'm going to pray that you get the whole housing, get that whole thing that's right there. Because there, there's some people right there that they pray against the church. That are right there. I don't know if you know that. There's some people that they demonically, intentionally pray against the church that's right there. They do whole rituals, all that stuff. Like, I'm gonna pray that you get the whole thing, get all that stuff. And he goes, You know what? I can see it. I can see it. I go, I know. I already saw it the moment I started walking with you. It's happening. Something's gonna happen. I go, You take that side, we'll take this side, and we're gonna take all of Hayward for God's honor and glory. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? I said, some of you right now, don't look at the monkey bars in front of you. You're just playing around. Some of you got to stop playing around. It's time to get off the monkey bars. It's time to put your hand to the plow. Say, okay, ready to run with this vision. It's the vision that God gave me. Nobody else believes me. Nobody else can see it, but that's okay. I can see it happening. I know my wife isn't saved right now, but I can see it. I know my husband isn't saved right now, but I can see it. I know my children aren't saved right now, but I can see it. You put your hand to the plow. Just keep going. Just keep going. Keep tilling. Keep going. Now, I know it's challenging. I know you go uphill. I know you get downhill. I know you got to go to the left and to the right. I know. But you got to keep going. Keep going. Keep praying. Keep planning. Keep imagining. Keep thinking. See the vision come to pass little by little by little by little. I know right now, Victory Avatar, we don't have our own building, but little by little by little by little, one day you're going to see a base rise up right in the middle of the heart. Lift your hands with me here today. Father, I pray right now. Lord, that you would have your way. Let your heart.